Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us. Want to say hello to our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our show and our favorite barbecue restaurant. They're open seven days a week in a community near you right here in Hattiesburg. They're right next to the mall. Food is always delicious, and we always appreciate Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, it's Thursday. We're going to go straight to the phones. We've got the professor, Patrick McGee, for the Biloxi Sun-Herald, and nobody is covering the opening of Southern Miss football camp any closer than Patrick McGee. Patrick, what can you tell our listeners today is, uh, I guess, we've what, completed uh, one or two days of fall football uh, yeah, uh, there's there's only so much you can really clean. Obviously, they're not letting media into practice, but just talking with uh, some of the coaches and the players uh, after each session. So the first two sessions, uh, you know, it, I, I think the seniors really want to get on the field this season because they know, you know, if, if it doesn't happen this fall, it gets more complicated with time. So uh, the seniors are just kind of hoping things move forward with time. But uh, as, you know, as time passes, there's going to be challenges with COVID-19. Uh, Matt uh, Kubik, the new offense coordinator, admitted today that uh, he was a little a little thin on the offensive line because they did have some players in quarantine. Uh, so it's the, there's going to be challenges going forward, uh, but right now, you know, uh, they're just taking every little step they can in uh, to avoid the spread. But when it comes to football, when you know, even in practice, you're bumping into each other, you're grabbing on to each other, and uh, there's it's just going to be kind of a, a challenge throughout camp. Uh, everybody kind of talks about the season, but uh, that fall camp can be every bit as much of a challenge in terms of uh, keeping your players safe and on the field. So does that mean, Patrick, there have been some positive uh, tests on the Southern Miss football team? Um, I can't say for certain on that. There there may have been a fear of exposure. Uh, it was kind of a, something mentioned in passing uh, on, on players in court team. Jay Hobson was not on the call today, so it's, I, you know that's one of those questions really put to the head coach. Uh, he just wasn't available today, so I didn't get a great answer on that. So, obviously, the, uh, there are some players that are on the field right now because they're con- uh, uh, concerned about spread among the team. Hmm. Okay. Uh, another question uh, regarding Southern Miss football. R- rumors out there about um, who's going to replace Auburn and who's going to replace Jackson State. Uh, give our listeners just an understanding of, of what a financial setback that has been to lose those two games and uh while nothing's official and, and the school would not confirm anything to me today, uh, what you're hearing about possible replacements? Um, in, in terms of money lost on the Auburn game, that's, uh, you know, uh, Southern Miss was, according to contract, Southern Miss was scheduled to get 400000 uh, uh in 2019 out of a $1.85 million contract. So that leaves one point four five. Uh, still out there that Southern Miss probably won't get its hands on. Uh, so money lost there. 
in terms of in the Jackson State game, is also one of USM's bigger uh, earners in terms of home games, non-conference. Uh, so that's really losing two games that were kind of key to uh, keeping the athletic department budget up, you know, afloat. Um, it, there's a lot of speculation, but it obviously makes a lot of sense that Tulane uh, would be uh, maybe in for that game on the 26th. Uh, uh, Tulane's got a, a vacancy then there, just like Southern Miss. Uh, you see more and more schools. You saw in the ACC today when they put out their schedule, uh, their non-conference games are mostly just or local, you know, uh, uh, group of five programs uh, like Liberty and, and Charlotte and stuff like that. So I think you, you're going to see it really kind of nationwide where, where schools are trying to fill in these non-conference uh, uh, vacancies with schools that are nearby, and it makes a lot of sense for Southern Miss to go to a Tulane rather than a Louisiana Lafayette or somebody like that. Right. Uh, simply because Tulane's got a little bit more money to to share, and, and it's a really a short drive down the road. In terms of the other one, I, I think Luke and I have heard uh, both Tennessee Martin and Tennessee Tech as possibilities. Uh, I'm assuming they would probably want to fill that game with an FCS opponent, but uh, we've seen a lot of FCS conferences kind of uh, uh, go by the wayside going into the fall, but uh, I think the Ohio Valley is still is still on track to play football this fall. All right, Luke. Patrick, to continue that, what are, what would we be looking at? I mean, it, so you mentioned Tulane was supposed to go to Mississippi State. Southern Miss already has six home games. It's kind of hard to imagine, uh, may, but 2020 could do it. Southern Miss getting seven home games. It, would this be something where if, if they were to travel, I mean, you know, you're not going to get a payout like, like you would anywhere else. I mean, you wouldn't even get like a Liberty payout. Is this just basically like a gentleman's agreement to play a football game and attempt to share some type of revenue uh, if Southern Miss were to have to travel to a Tulane? No, I mean, I, I think the Tulane game would be treated as a one-off because uh, they already have the, uh, the home-and-home uh, set up here in the, in the not-too-distant future. Uh, so I think it would be as if Southern Miss is making a one-time trip to Tulane. I think Southern Miss would get a little bit of money out of that. Uh, how much they would, I don't know. I can't imagine there's going to be much money in that. But I, I think Southern Miss would, would get would get a little bit of a check to go to Tulane. That's just my assumption, uh, just based on the fact that unless they come to an agreement, well, we'll go to Hattiesburg in 2029 or something like that. Uh, there definitely could be something in the works there. Uh, so that that's definitely a possibility. I think it could go other either way. I, th- I think it's off, obviously it's probably Tulane going to come to Hattiesburg at some point. Looking at the uh, the future schedules, it's actually a, it's a four game series. Eagles go to Tulane in twenty twenty two. Tulane comes back in twenty twenty three. Then twenty twenty six, Eagles go to Tulane, and then Tulane comes to Hattiesburg in twenty twenty seven. So uh, yeah, I, that makes sense. How that one of those future games, this one would just be swapped in, in, in uh, instead of it. All right, back to back to camp. Um, two really the, the hot positions this year. It's really funny. Uh, the offensive line's kind of been really tough the last couple years, and. We've talked with you before how it's uh, possibly one of the most veteran, um, you know, positions this year. Uh, the, the left tackle spot is is one that's kind of up for discussion with with uh, Drake Dorbeck leaving. Uh, you know, Coker Wright was a guy who played guard. He got injured in the Mississippi State game, but was a guy you know that could beef up. Matt Riles, his dad played at Southern Miss, was was a guy who has a big frame. Who else? Uh, you know, are they are they talking about to fill the extra the the, the unoccupied? tackle position yeah it's uh it's kind of one of those things to where it uh, it sounds like they're kind of shallow there right now that's what, one reason i get a little answer that they're probably in some type of a quarantine situation with a couple of offensive linemen 
Uh, but uh, Tanner Hawthorne is one guy who didn't really see a whole lot of playing time. I think he might have uh, suffered an injury. He he was just kind of slow going last year and getting on the field. And then you have you know the the transfer from uh, uh, Miami and Trey Johnson. Uh, he or excuse me, I guess he's a, a, a he was once at Miami, but he came in from JUCO. Uh, but Trey Johnson is probably the other guy they're looking there at left tackle. Somebody else is going to factor in, uh, uh, I would think, at some point. That Cupid uh, didn't really indicate. But, I mean, they've moved around guys a lot uh, here in recent years. I think Stanchek would probably – it's going to be mixing and matching, I think, throughout the fall camp to really kind of find what they have in mind. But I think that left tackle spot is going to be absolutely crucial going into the season. Got to improve yeah. that line to get the running game going, right, Patrick? Yeah, and, and as Cubic talked about today, it's all about a, a change in the mentality and being a little bit more downhill in, in the nature of the offense and the offensive line and those running backs. Uh, you know, it's it, maybe it's going to take a new guy like a Ragsdale in their running backs to kind of help change that uh, that mm-hmm. that kind of you know outlook, that mindset. So it's going to be a challenge. I know Cubic. Whenever he was hired, he was hired to get this team running the ball better. So. Uh, that's there's going to be a, you know that's that's what this fall cap is going to be about be about an offense sure you got a new offensive coordinator but you know you can pass the ball uh, but you want to protect a little bit better in the passing game and you want to be able to block better in the ground game. A minute left, Patrick. How different is it so far covering preseason camp uh, than it has been in past due to COVID nineteen? Well, it's a lot less hot. Because <laughs> you're not, not there, out. right, Patrick? Yeah, I'm, I'm not standing out on the practice field. In the heat, you know, and observing, I usually make it up there for at least the first day in that first week. But uh, uh, doing it through Zoom is definitely different uh, uh-huh. than what we've experienced in the past. I know Jacquez Turner, when we had him on there today, he was like, "Well, this is this is odd. This is different. Uh, it's a little bit, you know, we're all kind of adjusting by the day and figure out how we're doing this thing." But uh, we're all, Jack Duggan and crew's already uh, gotten much better at just in on um, day two. So I got right. up my game for day, day, day three. <laughs> Right. Well, kudos to Jack because he he had all this put in his lap, and uh, I've been watching the things that he's been sending to all of us, and he's he's really putting out an effort to to make it as accessible as possible. You'd agree, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it, you know I, I'm not going to complain about a lack of access in a situation like this. It's just one of those situations. There's no way around it. We're all we're all going to have to deal with the changes about how we go about doing our jobs and just daily life. So yeah. It's, it's 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 taking adjustment for everybody. All right, I know you got to go. You got to do some news reporting. COVID numbers out. I know you're going to write on that. Uh, can you tell us real quickly the numbers today, Patrick? Yeah, uh, nine hundred fifty-six new cases, twenty-one deaths. Uh, not great numbers, but it's also we've seen fewer thousand days here in, in recent this week. Well, we'll take any glimmer of hope we can get, right? Sounds yeah, that's about it. All right, Patrick. Thank you, buddy. Patrick McGee, Biloxi Sun Herald. He'll be back on the show with us again next Thursday, of course. Patrick doing double duty now as a sports and news reporter for the Biloxi Sun-Herald. We really appreciate his time. Eagle Hour continues after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. He joins us every Thursday. We appreciate Patrick's time 
uh, each and every uh, Thursday afternoon. Always good information from the professor. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, our good friends on Hardy Street with a great selection of Southern Miss Apparel. Six days a week, you can shop Monday through Saturday, or you can shop online at uh, campusbookmark.net. And we hope you will do just that. All right. Every every Thursday night on our Hattiesburg and Laurel Supertalk stations and on the web at uh, supertalkhattiesburg.com, supertalklaurel.com, wherever you're listening to the Eagle Hour, you can hear on Thursday nights inside the locker room. It's hosted by two legendary high school football coaches, Joey Hawkins and Neville Barr. Joey Hawkins is on the phone with us right now. And, Coach, you've got a pretty big show tonight. I wanted to give you a chance to let our listeners know about it. Well, thank you, Bob. Glad to be on. Luke, uh, yes, we have uh, Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter. He'll be on at 6.05, and we'll have a great chance to talk to him about the new SEC schedule, uh, the dates you know, that have been moved back, and they'll be able to start playing the first game on September 26th. We'll just uh, feel him out and just see where, you know, where they stand. And uh, it'll be a great, informative time to spend some time with uh, Keith Carter. All right. Also a Hall of Fame golfer, if I heard correctly. Yes. At 635, Sissy Gallagher, she won. Uh, she's the most accomplished amateur golfer in Mississippi history. And she went in the Hall of Fame last year, the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, she won, you know, she won 12 uh, state championships. Two of them while she was pregnant in a hundred degree heat, and uh, she's she's amazing. And her she's got a daughter's place at LSU where she played college golf. But uh, she's amazing, and she's married Jim Gallagher, who was a pro golfer who was on the '93 wow. Ryder Cup. So yeah. he'll be on too, and uh, so we'll have a great time. Uh, you know, talking a little golf, especially with our first major it's coming on today. PGA, you know, right is on today so we're looking forward to it so she's accomplished things that tiger woods could never accomplish as great as he is winning well, tournaments prep. i don't go i'm not going to go that far <laughs> but as far as a female golfer she is she's the number one right uh golfer of all time in mississippi history right but tiger woods couldn't do that pregnant I'm just going to tell you that, Coach. Uh, Luke, you, have you got a question that you think uh, Coach Hawkins might ask the Ole Miss Athletic Director tonight? Yeah. Um, why does uh, why is he why is he instituting that new dodgeball team up there? Um, particularly, uh, you know, Southern Miss is always the opponent. Uh, so yeah, just fire that one away. I mean, just get get to it. Just say that you've reached out to some friends in the network and. Well, and uh, uh, the, the big what, question is, uh, you know, how does, this, how does Charlotte help the, uh, you when 90s, Southern Miss doesn't? You know, when Southern Miss was kind of just starting to dominate on Mission State, uh, they kind of cut out of there pretty quick. Yeah, they had enough of that pretty quick, didn't they? Coach, Coach? they cut out in 1984. I was a year old. We're 2-0 <laughs> in my lifetime against Ole Miss. Ronald Reagan was the president. It's the last time we played <laughs> Ole Miss in football. Well, look, hey, I'm going to do everything in my power to get this game back back on the schedule. There you go. Well, you called us tonight. The Eagles and the Rebels. There you go. All right, look, I want to ask you another question before I let you go. You coached a lot of high school football in your life, uh, obviously. Uh, There's so much debate now about going back to school, about getting kids back on the football practice field. Coach, uh, total honesty now, do, do you see an avenue that they can do this get what they need accomplished on the field and at the same time protect the safety of the staff, the fans, and the players? Well, yes. Oh, I believe with the kids and the coaches, yeah, they're going to do everything in their power. You know, 
you know, when I was coaching in 2009, and nobody even talks about this, the swine flu came in, 60 million people in America got it. And my whole football team, basically my whole team was down. And when you got swine flu, you didn't have to get tested. You knew you had it. You couldn't even get up out of bed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we kept rolling. We had over 200 students at PCS that time that had it. And, uh, you know, you know, it, you know, but you, you got to treat it as a serious virus. But I, I'm, I'm for just for going back, getting after, you know, the independent schools. They've been practicing now. This is their uh, ninth day. And we've had great reports, you know. Uh, you are going to have some positive cases, you know. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, everybody's got a good system in place. And I believe it's time to go back to school, go back and play sports. It's time to do it. I just, I'm just a firm believer you don't make any decisions in theater. Right. Coach, also, when you, when you coach high school football, you're also a teacher. And uh, from, the, from the perspective of being in school academically, how important is it for kids to be back in the classroom? Oh, it's, look, it's paramount. I, you know, they, they keep uh, naming everything essential. I think uh, being back in church and schools are two most essential things that, that is. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to go through, a, a, you know, a lot of challenges, but it's time to go back. Uh, you know, I, I heard this. I don't know if it's exactly true, but over 30% of the people in Mississippi, when we went virtual learning, you know, remote learning, didn't, either, didn't have Wi-Fi or, or computers. So they basically missed three or four months. Right. Uh, it's just my firm belief we need to go back. And uh, like I said, we're going to have challenges, but look, everybody's got nurses on stations. They're checking temperatures. We're doing everything possible uh, to keep, you know, to keep uh, everybody as healthy as we can. All right, Coach. We appreciate your input very much. Inside the locker room tonight, you can get it online at supertalkhattiesburg.com or supertalklaurel.com. So there's really nowhere that you can't hear the show. If you want to hear it on radio, you can hear it on uh, WFMM in Hattiesburg, WLAU in Laurel, two Super Talk affiliates. And Coach Joey Hawkins tonight will get the games between Ole Miss and Southern Miss rescheduled. And uh, they can tune in at 6 o'clock to hear that. Is that right, Coach? That's right. 6 o'clock. Keith Carter will be on at 6.05, and uh, Sissy Gallagher will be on at 6.35 tonight. All right. You let him have it now, Coach. You tell him it's time. It's been Ronald Reagan was the last time we had a chance to tangle with these guys. And uh, we're ready. We're ready down here in South Mississippi, Coach. You got it. You got it. Enjoy right. being on your show. Thank you, Coach. Coach Joey Hawkins, everybody. Uh, I tell you what, uh, Luke, you know, he was not only a great football coach. People may not realize, I think, I want to say he he won, it was some crazy number. I should have asked him. Nine or ten consecutive state track and field championships uh, in high school. So uh, if anybody knows how to get him back playing football and do it safely, I, I think it would be Joey Hawkins. Whatever it is, it's going to take a lot to get the Oxford crew to play us. <laughs> yeah, I don't really. I'm not really uh, really counting on that. Hat. All right, so uh, you were talking about uh, scheduling, and, and you've got some sources that indicate to you that Tulane is a real possibility. You know, it just it absolutely makes a ton of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. What to go back to what Patrick said? I'm not so. I don't know if you can pull off a you know a, a payout like this. You know, so if the game is at Tulane, I don't think you're looking at anywhere close to uh, you know like Liberty or whatever because the game the game that Tulane's losing that was income for them because they were going to play at Mississippi State. 
Oh, so man, I, I still is. think it's going to be more – I think it's still going to be more like um, – it's just going to be let's play a football game. And I don't know, like, you know, to Patrick's point, I don't know how it affects it down the road, those 2022, 20, 2023 games. I just don't see you replacing, you know, even a fraction of the income. I mean, it, it might be where some travel expenses and other things get covered, but I, I don't see that. Now, on the other hand, for a home game, um, that system set up with the two lane would benefit. You know, if if the two lane game became a home game, I just don't see us having seven home games. Um, to the other game, whether it's Tennessee Tech, Tennessee Martin, or an, another FCS school, you know, you're gonna probably have to pay them a little bit to to come in. But Bob, I mean, I I, I told you this during the break. Uh, Brett McMurphy from Stadium just uh, announced uh, about ten minutes ago, Middle Tennessee and Troy have agreed to play a home-and-home series. So normally when you do a home-and-home series, it's a year apart, two years apart. No, they're playing that series this year. Mm. Two teams, two games, same season. At Middle Tennessee, September 5th or September 9th. At Troy, November 21st. So what I'm saying is we got pretty good, you know, uh, information. It seems like it's going to be Tulane. It's going to be Tennessee Tech. But, I mean, it's 2020. If it was UAB, you know, if you schedule them week four, Right. Because you play them week twelve, you know anything can happen in twenty twenty scheduling. These are big ifs, big ifs. But if it were Tennessee Martin and Tulane added to the schedule, in all likelihood it would be at Tulane, and then obviously Tennessee Martin here to make up for the lost Jackson State game and the road game uh, at Auburn. And that would be better than not playing Luke, but that wouldn't come close to making the money the two original games would have made. Well, what you hope with the Tulane is that there'll be enough interest from both fan bases, and it's a very, very short drive. So, but again, our fans going to get in. But if they are, I mean, you, you got to take the risk and the chance that you would have a better crowd for a Tulane game, and you don't, you won't have any travel costs. I mean, I don't know if they go down there on a Friday and play it on Saturday, if they just take a bus ride from Hattiesburg, right. or Tulane takes a bus ride from New Orleans, and you know, you just you save uh, money that way, and it, it's certainly better. Then an open date, and it's certainly – you could do a whole lot worse with opponents than, than Tulane. That's right. Should have emphasized, too, this is not official. And no one from the school has verified this. Uh, they're just not making any comment right now. Understandably so about future scheduling. This is speculation on our part, so uh, take, it, uh, take it for what it's worth. Kelly Sanders waiting to come on the show, and I know you're waiting to hear from him. That'll happen next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Thursday, third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. If you didn't go there today, you missed a fried or grilled pork chop, sweet potato casserole, cornbread dressing, toast, and a drink. And it was only $8.95. Hmm. So be sure to uh, don't miss out. And go see our good friends at Four Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly Sander joins us 
on the phone. Kelly, we were talking uh, earlier today. NFL's got their first uh, results back for some COVID testing, and not good. Not good at all, Luke. 56 players tested positive at the first training camp uh, testing results from all of the NFL teams. 56 players, and of course you think, well, there's hundreds of players in the NFL. Well, that's true. Um, but it remains to be seen. You know, the players have until today whether to say they're in or they're out as their, their opt-in deadline looms here pretty quickly. But 56 NFL players uh, have tested positive for COVID. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball, as we stick with pro pro sports, Major League Baseball has issued an edict to all the teams that they are cracking down on protocols that the players agreed to prior to the season coming back. Among them, no high-fiving, and when they are in the dugout, they are to wear masks. Uh, Major League Baseball has been uh, watching, of course, a lot of these games. Apparently, the only people that have been watching these games have been the officials. Of <laughs> That's about right. Major League Baseball, but they are being instructed that uh, any player that is that is seen in the dugout without a mask will be fine. So they are trying to crack down. Did you sure see that- the uh, the Cubs game the other night? Javier Baez walked off in the eleventh, got a single. And so his team's like trying to mob him, and he's like, you can see him saying, social distance. And he's like trying to give air high fives to everybody. And he's just like, stay away, stay away, stay away. He was really trying hard. But yeah. those guys get caught up in the moment, man. They just default to what they've been doing all their life. Yeah, but they, they are really going to be hard-pressed now. They've got to wear masks because Major League Baseball says in, in studying the situation with the, with the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals that most, most of the spread – they claim has come from very close contact with other players. So the masks will certainly be uh, more important than ever as Major League Baseball will try to hit them in the pocketbook if they don't wear masks. One of the teams that does not have a single positive reading, everyone has proven negative, has been my beloved Detroit Tigers, but as the Detroit Free Press reported today, the Tigers aren't used to catching anything. No, COVID COVID doesn't even want to... Fool with the Detroit Tigers, Kelly. What does that say? The Tigers couldn't catch it if they tried. But, but at any not rate, worth now it. in not uh, worth COVID's time. Because <laughs> <laughs> they now drop that, it. That, that <laughs> speaks volumes, doesn't it? In Conference USA today, there's mm-hmm. word out of Old Dominion that the athletic director at Old Dominion, Wood Sealing, who's been there for about 10 years now, told the Virginian Pilot newspaper yesterday that he, quote, wouldn't be surprised, end quote, if there's no college football this year there's also been a report by the virginian pilot that old dominion is considering don't know how serious the discussion is but that old dominion is considering for financial reasons pulling out of conference usa they said that that with the covid numbers coming in as they are financially that it might actually behoove the university to pull out of conference usa again we don't know how serious that discussion is but the virginian pilot uh, reporting that. So things not very optimistic out of Old Dominion in right. Conference USA. So those are some of the late-breaking um, college and pro sports stories working the last hour or so. And the news will continue right after this. Well, I'm telling you, Kelly, you're just uh, so slick. Smooth. You know, you said something earlier this week that I read last night, Kelly, and I thought about you. Uh, I, I read an article by Jason Whitlock, who, by the way, if, if you've never read him, is just a fantastic sports reporter. Uh, and he... Uh, he reviewed all the television ratings for all the professional sports since they've come back on. At when is the last time you could say that golf, professional golf, 
was the highest rated television sports in America. It blew away baseball and basketball, and it was golf followed by NASCAR. Does that surprise you? Uh, no, it, it. I guess. Well, yeah, I guess it does. I guess it does. Um, but but the thing with you know baseball is people, you know, when when the grass starts turning green and, and you mow the grass for the first time and you get that smell, and, you know, spring is in the air. You're ready for baseball, mm-hmm. and then when when it's called, they're called the boys of summer. But I mean, really, baseball is kind of a rite of passage to spring. You know, well, here it is, uh, August, and we're only two weeks into the season. And I think that once once spring comes and goes, you know, people start thinking about football. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard. It's really hard for people to kind of get into the into the baseball mood. And the same thing with basketball. Normally, we're crowning a world champion uh, the second week in June. Well, here it is, you know, approaching the second week of August, and we're just getting the season rolling again. So I think people just don't have their sea legs under them as far as which. Right. Which sports are concerned. Of course, the PGA today, PGA Championship, the first of the four majors, uh, tees off out in on the West Coast today. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, golf and NASCAR. How about that? Good for golf. You know, golf they they've got to like that. And and NASCAR too. Yeah, NASCAR been, too. Right. They've been dropping fans. Uh, you know, they've been dropping TV ratings a little bit the last couple of years, and now they're right back up there. But Kelly, so, why are the golf Kelly. announcers still whispering? <laughs> Because some of them, Bob, are, are on the course. Some, some, yeah, most of them are, are in Connecticut or wherever. They're not even at the at the venue, and they're but still the whispering. On, yeah, the on the on course reporters are actually still on course. So right. those are the ones that that should still be whispering. Luke, you mentioned Old Dominion a little while ago. Southern Miss losing their non-conference Power 5 school. But good news for Conference USA as a whole with the ACC announcing their non-conference home games today. Charlotte keeps their non-conference game against Duke. Western Kentucky keeps their game against Louisville. UAB keeps a game with Miami. And Old Dominion keeps a game with Wake Forest. And so if you look at Southern Miss uh, on the outside looking in. But, I mean, that's good for Conference USA, Kelly, that they, they get to keep those, particularly those institutions. Couldn't believe UTEP didn't uh, you know use social media to, to get leverage on their Power 5 opponent to pull that off. But, anyway, pretty good for Conference USA to, to be able to keep four uh, Power 5 games. Yeah, and the fact that, uh, that La Tech is, is going to go to Baylor. But, you know, the Power Five flexing their muscles as far as that Big 12 uh, meeting with La Tech and Baylor is concerned. The Big 12 allowed their teams to pick up a ninth game, but only if it was going to be a home game for the Big 12. They were not allowed to travel. Far be it for any of the, the Big 12 to lower themselves to go on the road somewhere. Uh, so it had to be a home game. So La Tech is, uh, is, is going to Baylor. But now the, the Eagles are dropping their new schedule here in just a little while, right, guys? That's what we hear. Two o'clock. Two o'clock. Here it's going to be dropped we, at two we, are, o'clock. The uh, the ninth, nineteenth, and the twenty sixth. Uh, if you missed it earlier with Patrick McGee, we're we're hearing. I'm hearing Tennessee Tech or Tennessee Martin, uh, and then I'm hearing Tulane for uh, for the twenty sixth. And and Kelly, I guess the discussion is, you know, would Southern Miss get any type of payout if they were to go on the road? We assume it's going to be in New Orleans because. That would give Southern Miss seven home games, which would be tremendous. I just don't see that happening. But you you would wonder at this late of a juncture, you know, the game little less than uh, what it would be forty five days or so. Um, you don't know. You wouldn't think that Southern Miss would get a normal payout. It would just seem like you would just uh, agree to play a football game. 
And and normally, normally you'd think Southern Miss fans would jump at an opportunity, even if the game was at Tulane, to go to New Orleans because there's been sometimes <laughs> normally. I was going to say yeah. lots of times the Southern Miss crowds in New Orleans <laughs> are bigger than they are in Hattiesburg, um, but because a lot of the convention attractions, you know, the French Quarter, things like that, have been closed because of COVID. I don't think that New Orleans is going to be as you know as big a draw, but just the fact that they're going to be able to fill those spots would be would be really big, um, and we'll find out here at the top of the hour. Hmm. Two o'clock is when that's supposed to drop, and if in fact it does, we will put it on the Eagle Hour Facebook page uh, as soon as it comes up. So if, uh, if you're curious uh, to whether or not. You can confirm what we're speculating. Uh, you should be able to find it on our Facebook page a little but, later. But Bob, a, a postscript there, Wood Seelig, the, the athletic director at, at Old Dominion, said that all the Conference USA schools, the, the schedule is going to be fluid from day one until the end of the year because you just you just don't know, you know, where this where the the pandemic is going, and uh, and how things are going to shape up for different teams. So the schedule that drops at two o'clock today, we hope not. But, I mean, next week it could be completely different. Who knows? Well, that's right. Every, everything changes, it seems like, by the hour here these days, Kelly. And I don't think uh, there's any any reason to believe that's going to change anytime soon, right? Well, and because the kids are going back to school, some of these colleges, you know, you, you'll see on different social media that parents are, you know, sending their kids uh, to, to these different colleges. So once the kids get back on campus now, you've got a whole – a whole other element now that's added because that's obviously how how COVID is spread. So, uh, we're just hoping everybody will mask up and, and be careful, and let's let's hope we can get some semblance of a football season in. But now with the NFL testing that many players positive today, now you have to wonder what's the future of the NFL for this season. Are you speculating that college kids getting away from home and getting back on the campus might not behave, Kelly? Is that what you're saying? Well, we're hearing reports, Bob, that uh, that they'll party. Golly, that's hard to believe, isn't it? Hmm. It really. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That hasn't changed from the time we. No, were in that's college. not going to change either. Right. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and online at toyotahattiesburg.com. Kelly mentioned uh, PGA a little earlier, PGA Championship going on today at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. Scotty Scheffler tied uh, with Zach Johnson and a few others at five under. Defending champion Brooks Kepka at uh, one back at four under. Dustin Johnson at three under. Tiger Woods even for the day through eleven hole or through twelve holes. So uh, that's that's good. First major of the year going down. Uh, good and out. Good uh, sign or good pickup for uh, Coach Scott Berry and his baseball program. Ross Highfield is uh, the newest Southern Miss baseball commit. 
He is out of Madison Central High School in Madison, Mississippi, uh, class of 2022. He's a catcher, also plays third base. Um, 5'11", 198, uh, got a little speed, moves pretty well. So uh, he is the newest Southern Miss uh, commit for baseball. Uh, earlier today, guys, uh, and Kelly continues to join, join us on the phone, was listening to a post-practice interview with, with Matt Kubik, and appreciate Jack Duggan um, sending that stuff out uh, to us every day. Uh, Matt Kubik talking about how, as crazy as it sounds, um even though they weren't able to do a spring install, they were actually had more FaceTime through Zoom um, and or communication with some of their players than they would have not had because in May and June they're on the road you know, with camps. Um, they're on the road uh, recruiting. And they were able to, uh, you know, through the voluntary workouts, they were able to provide some scripts to the guys. And he was bragging about how the senior class was able um, to, to make those things happen. And so you really didn't hear from Matt Kubik today, guys, that, that they were, you know, crazy far behind. He was, he was bragging about Jack, Jack Abraham. Jack uh, mentioned today how he had been watching some UM, ULM tape uh, over the summer just to, uh, to, to get accustomed to it. And so it seems like, uh, just two days in, uh, Matt Kubik feels pretty good. Doesn't feel like they're like crazy behind the eight balls. So that's really good to hear out of a new offensive coordinator. One of the big pluses of having a, a third-year quarterback. You know, I, I can't imagine. You know, when Matt Kubik was even you know discussing the the coaching position with Coach Hop, that one of the things that didn't weigh heavily on his mind was, hey, I'm, I got a two-year stud here who's getting ready to come back. You know, for a third year because. That's a, that's a completely different uh, ball game, and more and more rules that are made to protect the quarterback just makes the quarterback more and more important. And the fact that you've got an experienced one with Jack coming in can only be a plus for and, sure. And Kelly, it speaks to his dedication. I mean, who else would spend their summer watching ULM football tape? I, I don't think you did that this summer, did you? I don't even think I don't even think people in Monroe watched <laughs> ULM football a whole lot. You know, hey, <laughs> what an Matt exciting way to spend the summer. A couple years ago. <laughs> You, ULM and we, and football thing, and we're still holding it against them, Luke. We're still yes, holding that's, it. Yes, that's that's one hundred percent correct. Yes, <laughs> you can't you know, beat I them. Remember, you go get their offensive coordinator, right? That's how it works. And you remember when they did when they did beat us a couple years ago? I think at the end of the season, there were three Division One teams that had six and six records that did not get a bowl bid. We were one. <laughs> Louisiana Monroe was another one. I can't remember who the third team was, but there were three teams with six and six records. Us and Monroe were two of the three. Isn't that the game that Doug Peterson came back and he and Brett Favre went out and had the coin toss? Peterson, a, a graduate, I think, of yeah. Louisiana Monroe. Yeah, I think that's right. And of course, now he's he's down with COVID, so right. um, we're hoping hoping that he gets well. Hmm. Crazy year, fellas. Who would have ever thought back in December that this would be the topic of conversation every day on on this show? It's just really quite amazing. But you have to think, Bob, in the long run, that whenever this is over, if you have any faith in mankind, which I know <laughs> wanes a lot sometimes for everybody, but you have to think that we're all going to emerge better because of it and be better prepared if something like this happens again. You just you just have to hope. Well, I will tell you this. I, w- I was visiting with a doctor this morning that I see once a year, and he told me that in his medical career he had never seen – so much work going toward finding a vaccine for a virus or any type of disease. 
as he sees taking place right now. He said the research is just simply unprecedented. And he was pretty optimistic that by the first of the year, there would be a vaccine available that could maybe bring an end to this nightmare. And, I, and I've talked to some people in the medical profession that think it may be here sooner than that, maybe yeah. even late October. Can you imagine the relief that everybody will feel when they announce there's an effective vaccine and you can go to your local doctor and get it, and COVID-19, uh, the risk of that will largely be out of your life? Oh, yeah, but you hear lots of times, Bob, people say, if the government's behind it, I'm not doing it. I'm Well, those people are just idiots, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> just, if the government's behind it, I'm not doing it. There we yeah. go. Listen, <laughs> you wouldn't get the vaccine, there Luke will Johnson. Be, there will be a COVID nineteen vaccine far before we play Ole Miss in football. Guaranteed. I think that's a safe bet. I think that despite Joey Hawkins' effort tonight uh, to arrange that, we're not optimistic. All right, check our Facebook page here in a little bit. Uh, if they do, in fact, release a new schedule, as we're told, they're going to do at two o'clock. We will put it on the Facebook page, and uh, you can take a look at it for yourself. And we'll get to talk about it tomorrow. There we go. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.